This is Open to Hope Radio, featuring Dr. Gloria Horsley and her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley, coming to you on behalf of the Open to Hope Foundation, dedicated to those who are looking for hope after loss. Now, here's Dr. Gloria. Welcome to the Open to Hope Show. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my co-host, Dr. Heidi Horsley. Well, good morning from California, Hyde. Good afternoon from New York City, Mom. How are you? Good. I hope people are watching our TV show. We're so excited to have a TV show now, Grief Relief, and to be on Manhattan Neighborhood Network on Sunday nights at 9 o'clock in New York, and you can stream it to California at 6 o'clock, and we're going to have somebody on from Utah today, and they're on Mountain Standard, so you can stream it there at 5 o'clock, right, Hyde? Okay, Mom, that's a lot of different information. I'm a little overwhelmed. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, but the bottom line is, the bottom line is here, because I'm completely overwhelmed, if you go to opentohope.com, everything will be there. That's true. All of our shows will be archived <laughs> there. <laughs> but if you're in New yeah. York and you want to watch it at 9 o'clock at night on your uh, Time Warner cable, you can also do that, right, Heidi? And that's your, yeah, your territory. Channel 56, channel 56, 9 p.m., if you live in one of the five boroughs. It's also running in Northern California, but I'm not sure of that air date. Yeah. But definitely here at 9 on Sunday night. Absolutely. It's called Grief Relief, and we have some fabulous guests uh, on, as we do on a radio show. And we've got a fantastic guest today and a great topic on relationships after spousal loss. You want to introduce our guest, Hyde? Yes, and I just want to say that I really love this guest. He's very active and open to hope. He's been on our show before. And he has an incredible story. And, you know, if this guest, whose name is Abel Keogh, if Abel can transform his life after what happened to him, anybody can. That's what I'm going to tell you. So let me introduce him today. Uh, Abel Keogh is author of the memoir, Room for Two, the story of the year of his life following his late wife's suicide, and the relationship guides dating a widower, marrying a widower, and life with a widower. Now Abel is remarried, and he and his wife, Julie, are the parents of six children. Welcome to the show, Abel. Hey, thank you, Gloria and Heidi. Thanks for having me back. Uh, It's a lot of fun having you on the show, Abel, because uh, we have told your story. I can't tell you how many times, haven't we, Heidi? Absolutely, and it really inspires people because, you know, oftentimes, as you know, Abel, when someone's had a loss, they don't know how they're going to survive. And when they hear your story, they say, you know what, if Abel can survive and he went through it and he found hope, we somehow will, will be able to also. So, you know, what we talk about when we bring your story up, Abel, is we do talk about the fact that your wife was pregnant and she shot herself and died and the baby died. And as I recall, you kind of were walking into your house when you heard the shot. Was that correct? Yeah, that's correct. I, was just, I just came back from running some errands and um, heard the shot when I walked in. Wow. Incredible. But the part of the story that we love to tell, too, is because we're always looking for how men deal with grief and that kind of thing. And I think this is correct. You can correct me if I'm wrong. But you and your wife had been looking at an old house to buy and fix up, and you actually bought it, and your friends helped you fix it up for a year or two. Is that right? That is correct, yeah. I think for about three or four months. I bought the house about a month after she died, and we ended up spending about three months fixing it up and making it livable. So. It turned out great. Is that inspiring or not, Heidi? Yes, and I love that story too, Mom, because, you know, we're always saying oftentimes men grieve best shoulder to shoulder. And I remember Abel on the show saying sometimes we'd go in and we'd renovate the house and we wouldn't even talk about what happened. 
we would just be there together, you know, renovating this house, and that in and of itself was healing. I love that. Yeah, it is great. So, Abel, now you've written a new book, and boy, you go where angels fear to tread. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about dating a widower and uh, and how to keep your wife's memory alive are some of the things you talk about. Now, now tell me, how do you do that? How do you keep your uh, wife's memory alive? Well, not so much about keeping her alive. I think one of the biggest problems that I see from emails I get is that men, they really don't know how to separate the two relationships. I think the key is is that, yeah, there's a time and a place to remember the past and to remember your loss. But if you're going to date again and you're going to be serious about dating and look to get into a serious relationship, you have to be able to separate them be able to concentrate on what you have now and be grateful for what you have now. Wow, I like that idea, that that separation, that you are going to remember both, right? Yeah, and I always tell people that, that the late wife is always kind of part of our relationship, but it's really in the background. It's not, it isn't like, you know, it isn't the focus of our relationship. You know, I've been married to, to, a, to a Julie for 10 years now. We have six kids. The real focus is on us and our future together. There are times and there are places, I think, and it depends on the uh, couple that, hey, we both realized that if it wasn't for the loss, that we wouldn't be together. If it wasn't for a series of tragic events that, you know, we probably wouldn't even know each other. I mean, sorry, can I back you up a minute? Because I'm really curious about your story. So I know your wife died and she shot herself and, and your unborn child died as well. And then you went on to date. Now, when you started dating, is Julie also a widow? She is, right? Or no, no, she isn't. No, okay, so no, she had never been and, married. And... Okay, and then you've been married 10 years and you have six kids together. Is that correct? That's correct. Wow. Wow, you've been a busy man, Abel. <laughs> and so you, I love how you found love again and how you had all these children after such a horrific experience, don't you, Mom? I've got to know if you had twins. She's had six pregnancies in 10 years, or have you got a twin set of twins? There's no twins. It's six pregnancies in six years. Oh, wow. Oh, my gosh, you guys have been busy. Well, then there's a question that you gave me. I want to know that the audience to know that I'm not setting you up for this. You sent me this question, how to keep the, the late wife out of the bedroom. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of the a lot of the emails I get. I guess let's just put it this way: men don't handle grief and dating again very well. Um, and I didn't handle it very very well at first. Before I met Julie, I, I got into a serious relationship with someone. I probably shouldn't have got into the relationship. Um, I did, and the relationship ended badly. It was just you know it was a mistake for I think both of us. A lot of the problems I see when I get emails from women dating widowers, kind of wondering why these widowers are screwed up, or you know, in their opinion that they're screwed up, is that is, is that widowers have a hard time at least initially separating you know the past and the present. You know, when you talk about take, keeping the uh, late wife out of the bedroom, there's a chapter in my latest book about this, and one of the biggest issues is that when a couple wants to get romantically involved, especially when they're first together, for example, <laughs> they'll go into the bedroom and there's a picture of the late wife there, and it just makes the woman feel uncomfortable. And they kind of want to know how to handle it. Basically tell them that, you know, that if you're going to be intimate with somebody, the, the past shouldn't be there, right? The photos need to go down. You shouldn't be talking about, the two of you shouldn't be talking about what he and the late wife did in the bedroom because that's really none of your business and it doesn't affect your current love life. You really need to, to, uh, to focus on your current relationship. Wow, that that is so great you got a chapter on that because I will tell you, um, in the world of grief and loss, quietly in the background, 
uh, when we go to conferences and things are men asking questions like, when will my wife be willing to be intimate again? you know, after a loss and that kind of thing. So there are a, a lot of uh, issues around intimacy that I think the internet obviously has given uh, people an opportunity to get in touch with you and to ask those tough questions that are, it's hard to ask those in public, isn't it? Yeah, it's a question that people deal with, an issue that people deal with, and they don't really have like a resource to go to. It isn't like they can go after mom. Hey, mom, hey, you know, he has pictures of his late wife up. How should I handle it? It's really kind of a personal thing, and I think it's almost interesting if they can kind of just email someone somewhat an- yeah. anonymously and ask these questions. So, Abel, I have a question. While you shouldn't keep your pictures of your late wife and husband in the bedroom, is it okay to still have a picture in the house and to keep, you know, that person forever in your heart while reinvesting in a new relationship as well? Um, Julie and I don't do that. Um, I, I know some okay. couples that do, and I think I think it's really kind of up to the a couple. I think some couples are comfortable with that, especially maybe if there's uh, mm-hmm. a minor children still living at home. Um, my suggestion is if you usually have minor kids living at home is to have them put a photo up in their bedroom or something. It should be something that you're both comfortable with, whether there's a photo up or not. It should be something that you're both happy with. And if one person's uncomfortable with having a photo up, then, you know, you really need to sit down and talk about it and decide what's the best way to move forward. Okay, because I'm just thinking about the 9-11 widows I worked with, and then we can move on. You know, they all lost firefighters in the World Trade Center, and I worked with them for 10 years, and none of them, I think, would ever... All of them would feel, I think, very uncomfortable about not having any reminders in the house. But you brought up a really good point because all of them did have children. So, okay. Yeah, I think that uh, probably makes a, a, a big difference whether there are kids involved and, and you, you know, have some kind of uh, kind of an obligation to, you know, help them with dealing with remembering and that kind of thing. Well, I wanted to ask you, when do you think a guy should start dating? Guys, most uh, most widowers, I think they've. I, I think they feel the urge to start dating a few months after, and I I honestly don't think there's a specific time frame. I think they should start dating when they feel comfortable doing that. The problem that I see is that they get into serious relationships before they're ready. I actually think that going out and dating again and kind of feel is part of the process of feeling normal, and I think that's a. a a good thing. People shouldn't feel bad that they want to date again. They shouldn't feel like they're being unfaithful. It's healthy for them to go out there and just casually date people. But the problem happens is that, you know, maybe their wife's been dead four or five months and they go out there and they're, they they have this need. They have an, um, they're just, it's something with men. There's an internal need to kind of replace that relationship. And so what happens is a lot of the time they'll get into very serious relationships once they want the companionship. They want someone there, but they're emotionally mm-hmm. not ready to yeah. take that step. Yeah, and that happened to you. And Someone was telling us that one of the problems for him was that he made the mistake of marrying that woman, and, you know, the very first one that he got involved with, and it, and it was a terrible disaster. And, and he said one of the problems was everybody was so excited that he was dating, and his kids wanted him to date and all that, but nobody really realized how far it would go. <laughs> he said, and then they were surprised, and then they, and, and nobody told him until after he got married that they thought it was a bad match. <laughs> Yeah, and and you know, I I always tell uh, widowers that hey, you know, just just take it casually, just go out there, have dinner with someone, date a bunch of different people over a period of a couple months, and and it's mostly just kind of a thing to learn how to interact with someone again, just to kind of get your uh, dating legs back. I think doing that, and then slowly, eventually, I think you'll kind of feel your way through. Okay, I'm kind of ready for a serious relationship, but I don't think most people are ready for a serious relationship that fast. I just think they 
they just need to go out there and just date and just kind of realize that, hey, I know I'm a normal person again. I know in your book on dating a widower, marrying a widower, and life with a widower, you've got some tips and tricks to improve communication with a widower. Give us some of those. Well, I think the uh, biggest one is not to be afraid that a widower's had a loss. I think a lot of times women, they get into these relationships and there's issues that they want to bring up. There's concerns they want to bring up, but they feel like whenever they're around a widower, they have to walk on eggshells, that there's certain things they can't talk about or certain things they can't discuss. Or And that's really not the case. I always tell the women who email me, you've got to treat a relationship with a widower just like you would a relationship with any other guy. Obviously, there's been a loss there, but you need to be comfortable bringing up certain subjects. If he has his wedding ring on, for example, and that makes you feel uncomfortable, you need to be able to bring that up and say, hey, I like dating you, but it's uncomfortable. I feel like I'm going out with a married man if you have your ring on, for example. We need to be able to have that conversation. And I think a lot of the problems that happen, or at least the problems that I see, is just that women are afraid to bring up some of these issues. And I think if they were a little more forthcoming and bring them up, I think most widowers, they don't really realize what they're doing half of the time, especially if it's early after a loss, they're still kind of getting their dating legs back. And they may not realize that the ring, for example, is even a thing, you know, maybe it's been on their finger for 20 years. It's just part of who they are. And they may not realize that, oh, yeah, I can see why this would make you uncomfortable. And most of the time, after they're able to talk about the issues, they're able to go ahead and resolve them. But there's just this feeling that and talk about this or that and the issues kind of uh, linger. And you know, in Heidi, I was just problem. thinking jewelry is such a conscious thing for women, right? We're always thinking about which ring we're going to wear and which necklace and all that. But guys don't think about it. I never thought about that. Mm-hmm. Well, it mm-hmm. sounds like one of the things that's important is if you're dating a widower is to be honest. Would you say that? Yeah, I mean, just there's something that's making you uncomfortable in the relationship. Be sure to bring it out. And I think whether there's a feeling out there that they can't talk about the late wife or if they do, it has to be in like very reverent tones. And it's just like, you know, she's a person and you obviously treat her with the respect in the sense that she was his former wife. She was human and you got to realize that she was as imperfect as probably everybody mm-hmm. else. She made her mistakes as well. Mm-hmm. We have a few emails, but this is also interesting. On Facebook, we have some people Facebook us. But one of the things that seems to come up on Facebook is things related to money and widows and widowers. You know, who pays for the lunch? If we do decide to get married, whose house do we go into? You know, all those kinds of things. Do you talk about that in your book? Yeah, I talk about the house thing quite a bit. That's kind of a, a sticking issue. One of the more common issues, especially after they get serious with a widower, a lot of women feel like they're living in the late wife's shadow. And a lot of times they're usually, if they get married, they're moving into the widower's and the late wife's house. And it's her wallpaper that's up. It's her paintings that are up. It's her carpet that's in there. It's her furniture. And my suggestion is usually that if you can financially afford it is to buy a new house and start over somewhere else. If you can't, I think there should be an openness in there. And then this is where communication comes into play saying, hey, you know, we're moving into this house. I don't feel like it's our house. I feel like it's your house and the late wife's house. And be able to go through with them and say, hey, you know, can we replace the carpet? Can we replace whatever's making them feel uncomfortable? So it just kind of feels like a place that they can be happy with. If they're going to live there and start a relationship, they need a place where they don't feel like the past is getting in the way. Might be, if you have older kids, it might be the time to start giving some of the stuff away, that those treasures that you had when you were married to the other person. Well, Abel, um, tell us how to get a hold of you. I know people are going to hear this and they're going to say, wow, he's answering these questions and he's got a site and I want to get involved. So tell us where you are. And, and I know one of the places you are is on Open to Hope because Abel writes for Open to Hope. So you can go there, but give us your other sites. 
Um, the best place to reach me is just to go to my website, ablekeogh.com, A-B-E-L-K-E-O-G-H.com, and there's a little contact button there, and you can just send me an email, and I usually try to get back to people within at the, at the most two or, two or three days. All right, and where can they get your books? Probably the best place to get them is on Amazon, but if they're off for ebook format, they're on all they're on they're for Nook and Kobo and uh, Kindle. It's probably the, the, the fastest way to get them. All right, so I'd suggest you get them. I will tell you, Abel's a wonderful writer, and Room for Two is a fascinating story about his early life, and then he's moved on to helping you dating a widower and marrying a widower and life with a widower. And Abel, thank you so much for writing for Open to Hope and for being on our show today. Thanks, thank Abel. Thank you, Gloria and Heidi. Appreciate it. Well, Heidi, uh, gosh, what a lot of great information. We could talk to him for another couple of hours, I'm sure, without any problem. Yeah, so I had a whole bunch of uh, questions that didn't pertain to our topic today, so we definitely are going to have to have him on again. Absolutely, and hopefully we can get him on the TV show. Well, thanks for listening to Open to Hope today, and we hope you'll visit us on our website and Google us and tweet us and also go to Open to Hope Facebook page. And we also have our international event calendar that you can put all your events on Open to Hope. So thanks for listening, and God bless. You've been listening to Open to Hope Radio, hosted by Drs. Gloria and Heidi Horsley. Like today's edition, all of our past programs are available on demand at opentohope.com, along with helpful articles, videos, resources, and links to help get you through the toughest time of your life. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter and sign up for our monthly newsletter. Again, that's opentohope.com. Check it out today. Then be sure to stop by next Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time when we'll be posting another edition of Open to Hope Radio. Remember, others have been where you are. They made it through, and you can too, as long as you're open to hope.